Well, hey there, and welcome back. You're listening to another episode of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Reese. Now, I'm actually doing my first in-person <laughs> podcast interview with my special guest today, and I'm really excited that um, Susie Duragon is with me today. Susie is just crumbs. That's how my kids call her. They don't even know her first name. <laughs> it's so true. Um, but uh, Susie, welcome and thank you thank so much you. for coming. Thanks for having me. Now, for anybody that can't see what's going on, I tried to pass off store-baked <laughs> cookies <laughs> as homemade. They're way healthier. I can tell you right now. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not uh, a baker. Yeah, and Susie is one of the most amazing bakers and cooks. And I Actually, as she walked in and I had this nice plate of store-bought cookies out, she's handing me nice homemade warm date squares. So you one-up me on that one. This is definitely no your specialty, but no thank problem. you. Thank Anytime. you so much for coming. Anytime. And of course, Maddie's joining us yes. too. <laughs> she's gonna she's giving us pause and she's pause gonna be and kisses. She's gonna be actually it's funny because um the very first time I had to do um a speaking event was before I even well, I think I had, a, obviously I've been teaching for 15 years, so I'd been doing that, but in terms of like, there was no social media right. and I had to speak in front of a group of grade nine students at the kids high school. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like I wrote my speech and I'm like, okay. And I was like, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, why am I nervous when I teach in front of 40 people? And then it dawned on me that I always have something in my hand. Oh. So I brought a pan. Oh my <laughs> so God. I, and I'm standing at the podium with this like pan and people are looking at me like, what What are you doing? And I'm like, it just makes me comfortable. So that's going to be Maddie that today. That is so she's funny. Like, she's so Maddie's like, just yeah, going to be here. I'm just going to rub her head. That's and, it. Yeah, yeah. She's good. Well, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. you taking no the time worries. to come no and meet with Anytime. me. And I almost thought about setting this up in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Can you imagine that? I'd like, make you breakfast. This yeah, is yeah. like a total element, but I didn't think it was going to be quiet enough. So thank you again. And so maybe we'll we'll start by just having you uh you know kind of just introduce yourself I mean I know you as Susie my kids know you as Just Crumbs (laughs) a lot of people on social media know you as Just Crumbs so maybe just start from from there how it happened yeah okay um actually it's funny I think well you and I have had these conversations where I think um you know being born of a generation uh I'm 54 so when I was going to school I mean now you know, it's all like you meet people and they're like, oh, I'm getting into food. I'm a chef. And, and people's Everybody, reaction is like, yeah. wow, that's so amazing. And like back in the day, like if I said to my dad, like, I want to be a chef, he'd be like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? Like, it's like my kids saying they want to be, you know, like to pick up garbage in the streets yeah. or something. I don't yeah. like it's like I have no idea what the comparison is. Yeah. And so um, I uh, originally I you know, did what every really good girl was supposed to do was good go Italian to school. Girl. Yeah, good Italian girl. Go to school and get really good marks yeah. and things you may not be good at, but right. you were going to be good at them no yeah. matter what. So yeah. anyways, math and science was the thing, which is really funny in hindsight because, you know, back in the day and, and our parents being immigrants and they didn't know in their mind, they thought anything that was a job that was manual labor, which includes what I do, um, was kind of frowned upon. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, for you to be successful, you should be a doctor or a lawyer, an accountant, yeah, Yeah, something like that. And so of course, like I just, I I went like head in and and I took all sciences and all maths and it was hard because now I know it's not how my head works, but you know, like come hell or high water, I was going to do it. And so I did. And I, I did fine. Um, to a point where my guidance counselor just assumed I was going to get into medicine and my sister's a nurse. So she kind of went that route. Right. I just kind of kept following. And, um, there were little snippets in my head that kind of made me think probably not a good idea. I don't know why, but in the back of my head. And I think a part of it was at a young age, I mean, we're kind of at a point in our lives where because of the internet, mm-hmm. we're aware of how, like the differences in people, um, how to deal with the differences in people. I'm sure for you dealing with offices and you have all these employees, yeah. it's really important to know like how to deal with differences. Growing up, we didn't really know that. I no. mean, unless you were studying therapy, like, you didn't yeah. really know no, the differences we in people, right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, um, uh, like sort of be, like getting really introspective and tr- trying to figure out like, who am I really? Like we didn't do that. So we really just, tapping into what do you love? Right. Which we didn't do. Like no. I didn't do. I don't think anybody yeah, in my generation really did it. I don't remember really, really no. getting much support around right. that, like right. through guidance counselors no. and stuff. We were just no. kind of like, what do you want to do? Maybe they it, gave you that aptitude test, you know, that, Oh yeah. So one you that's know, like, you should be a zookeeper. Yeah. Or something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, doctor, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> 
But I think like in the back of my mind, I think I always thought I, I kind of knew I wanted to, you know, I want to get married. I want to have kids. Like right. in my mind, I knew I wanted all those well, things. Well, you're a natural nurturer. So yeah, I think that. I feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that is just sort of that natural alignment for right. you is to right. you definitely want to have people to take care of. Right. You do take care of so many more people than just your, your immediate family. <laughs> but that's naturally yeah. who you are. I think so. And I think, and so I think it's what kind of gravitated me to medicine, like making it okay. Mm. And it seems so cliche when people are like, well, why do you want to get into medicine? Because I want to help, help people. people. Like it I sounds so it. silly, but it's just, I think it's inherent in in who some people are. I mean, I know some people are empaths and I and some people think that's so lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I think I'm a natural empath, which is good but not always good Mm because you feel like you take on everybody's troubles and carry them and it's kind of hard. But um, anyway, so I was thinking, I pictured myself as a doctor and Mm -hmm. I thought I I couldn't imagine how I was going to balance all of that like and and I my hats off to these people specifically women who have families who are doctors because I think I I don't think I could have done it Mm -hmm. I don't think I could have I would have been a really great doctor and I would have been divorced and my kids would have hated me or the opposite and I think I just kind of made a decision and that's when I thought I I can't do this and um I love that I love that that, that's such an honest that's such an honest answer and approach it's like many people wouldn't the fear right of not Fulfilling someone else's right. um, expectation exactly. or if society's expectation, right. that is just greater than the, well, what if, what if this is not exactly, really exactly. I'll just pl- plow through mm-hmm. and do it, even though it's really not in my heart to do it. And then I was also volunteering at a hospital when I was in high school, like as a candy striper, it was right. nothing. And so I'd yeah. go in on Sunday mornings and I would um, like play with the kids because I thought it'd look good on my resume. And there was this <laughs> little boy that was born. Like I don't even I don't even think I'm saying this right, but like like his heart wasn't like in the right place, like almost outside of his chest cavity and so Uh they had built this sort of cage like thing and he was in this special chair he was maybe like six or eight Mm -hmm. months old and so I just got used to he was always by the nurse's station so I'd pick up this little chair and I'd take him with me and he was so cute like I couldn't really touch him or move him but I'd take him with me and he was always laughing and stuff and so this went on for a few weeks and so so one Sunday I came in I hung my coat up and you know his chair wasn't there and I'm like oh like is he taking a bath or something and the nurse's face were like they were all stone-faced and they all said oh he passed away yesterday and I remember going to my doctor who at the time was a female and I just said she, she was sort of I guess what you'd call a mentor nowadays yeah, and yeah. I just said I I don't think I can do this like it was like the light bulb yeah. moment where I was like I like I didn't I don't know this kid he wasn't my responsibility he had nothing to do with me yet I can't sleep I'm not eating like I this has affected me if they're my patients I I don't know if I can do this and I'm being completely and and she said to me which I completely understand she said don't worry you get hardened to it <sighs> And that's how I reacted. Yeah. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't think I know to. how to do that. Like, I, yeah, like, I, how, what does that look like even? So that's when the about face kind of came. And, and at the time, I mean, I always loved to be sort of under the wing of my grandmother and stuff. But it wasn't like today where there's like junior master chef Canada and yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah. Like well, there was we nothing. only knew from our elders. Exactly. Like how, and exactly, so did you, yeah. so... So you kind of realized this before you got, you know, too, too deep into right. that career path. Right. Had you grown up learning how to cook and bake with yeah. your mom and grandparents and aunts? Yes. Was that part of what you guys Well, did? it's funny because I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, I've, I've often had this conversation with other people because I think people that aren't Italian or I even say European, yeah. they envision us growing up in these these big kitchens with all these people and that like our hands are in the gnocchi making it and I'm like no are you kidding like we weren't allowed to make a mess like no like you just like I was allowed to cut the gnocchi but like god forbid the flour got on the floor because then it was like no and then you'd get the shove back and then you got to clean and stuff so it was through osmosis that you learned mainly like watching and feeling and learning and and of course hearing them speak and understanding it but everybody did so I think if you didn't have that passion to love it, then it just became extra knowledge. Right. But for me, I think because there was an undertone, like an underpinning of what I loved sort of all so along. What, yeah. So, okay. So is it the, the, I mean, food in every culture holds a different yes. meaning. Yeah. Um, in Italian, European culture, yeah. food is a big thing. Yes. Did it mean something more to you? Is that what it was? Or was it that you just, you loved being able to create and bake and cook and take on those traditions like yeah. what, was there a traditional element to it or was it really it was it more just 
you love just doing something. This. You know yeah. what's funny? Because I think going back to that, the whole like digging deep and trying to figure it out. And a lot of it comes from things like this where we have conversations mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you're on panels and stuff and people start talking and you're, and, and I keep having these moments where it's like, oh, wait, I think I know why I did this, you know, because it was like, oh, <laughs> we no. have to know why. Yeah, you of know? course. Yeah. And it was always like, oh, I think, oh, I just had the love. No, no. I think like if, if you dig down and you're really honest with yourself, um, you know, of course it, it has that comfort, that comfortable feeling of, um, you know, as a kid Mm -hmm. living in an Italian family. I mean, I grew up with kids that didn't have that kind of familial kind of gathering at the end of the day. Um, and not that they were latchkey kids, but a lot of them didn't eat with their families. They would have like a sandwich on their own. And then they're, you know, it was a sign of the times. It was a sign of the times, but it's funny because in hindsight, there was really great things with both ways. And I know this sounds crazy because with us having that, like, you know, you had a snack when you came home from school and then you'd wait because, you know, my dad come home at like eight o'clock and mm-hmm. we'd all sit around the table and we probably ate way too much, way too late, yeah. <laughs> drank wine when we weren't even supposed to, you right. know, like all yeah. those things. Yeah. But we never went to bed not knowing what everybody's day was like, right. which was a great thing. It was a real family bond. So it was the, it was bonding. It was bonding. Food, food yes. kind of created that opportunity to gather, right. to talk, right. to learn about what's going on right. in the day. It was that right. moment of reconnecting. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, cause I never want to make people feel bad. People that didn't grow up with that, mm-hmm. um, you know, being married, I think it's funny because, and being Italian, we grew up generationally believing that it was all about the kids. Yes. So for me, and I don't know how it was with you and Jim, but I, the first time that I actually had like an overnight date night with my husband was on our 10th anniversary. <laughs> like it was a long time. Yeah. And it was because we kind of grew up in that generation where it was like you had, you felt kids. guilty yeah. if you took time for yourself. Where my, like growing up, my Canadian friends, they're, they, they, speci- they, like, they would tell me, you know, I remember my dad coming home, like at 6.30, my mom would like pour him a scotch and they'd go into the, this room and they'd have a conversation and then they'd like have their own dinner, like mm-hmm. separate. And then the kids would come in after. So it, it was totally different than what yeah. we were used to, but the bonding was completely different yeah. and, and good in some ways. And ours was bad in some ways. Theirs was bad For in some sure. ways. Ours was good yeah, in some ways. Yeah. Theirs was good. In some- yeah. So it's funny, like looking back, I'm like, Oh, like I get, I get yeah. both sides. Right. Sure so yeah. yeah. Sure yeah. So I think, you know, to marry those would be awesome somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you, um, started having your, your family and raising kids, yeah. how important was food, um, to the way you would raise them right. and the way you guys would operate as a family. Right. Um, well, I think, uh, partly because of my upbringing, partly because, um, you know, for your audience that maybe aren't European and don't understand the traditions, whether you love food or not, you grow up with traditions that everybody does no matter what, like mm-hmm. doing tomatoes mm-hmm. on the Labor Day long weekend. When mm-hmm. you were a child, everybody else was at the park and you were in the garage yes. making tomatoes, which then was like, this isn't fair. Right. And now all my <gasps> friends are like, can I do tomatoes with you? Like it, it's this, like, yeah, you know, this, this magical thing everybody wants to be a part of. Um, so I think whether you love food or not, those traditions of food were always a part of our upbringing. And so I think when you have your own kids, it just becomes such like the memories sort of flood and you kind of say like, I I think I'm supposed to do this, whether I love it or not, I'm just supposed to do it. And so that part married with the fact that I really loved cooking. Um, and it's funny because people say, well, like, when did you start to like love cooking? And I, and it's funny because when I did sort of the 360 and didn't go to medical school, I was like, okay, so I, I knew I liked to cook. So I ended up going and getting a Bachelor of Applied Arts because back in the day, if I was to go to George Brown, mm-hmm. y- you didn't get a degree. Right. And that was not good. Right. No bueno with my yeah. father. <laughs> no. So um, I needed to get a degree. Right. But I figured out how to get a Bachelor of Applied Arts with a culinary certificate. So there oh, was that sort of underpinning yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and then programs. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Which is great because back in the day, they, they didn't really have a lot of hands-on part. And that, that was, that's part of the program was hands-on. And so, um, uh, and then I started working at the Four Seasons, but in sales, like not even in, in the food business. Uh-huh. But it's funny how after my clients would leave, I'd end up in the kitchen talking to the pastry chef all the time. Like I, it was, it, it always kind of pulled me back in that in. direction. Yeah. And then, um, and then, sorry, I think I'm straying from your no, question, it's all but, good. No, but no. I think like, um, I was actually watching somebody do a cooking class and I think it was when my youngest son was, um, in grade one 
And I thought, you know, like now is a time I can sort of reinvent myself. And I thought, you know, like, I wonder if I can do that. Like, I think maybe I can teach. And so I started teaching like 15 years that I've been teaching, which is really comfortable for me. Like I, it's like, and I I see that you do it so naturally, which is really funny because I hate I hate when the attention's on me. I really don't like it. I don't like it. And I know people are like, what? Like, and I'm like, my most uncomfortable day of my life was my wedding day. Because the photographer oh, kept saying, it's yes. time to take a picture. And I'm like, go take a picture of somebody else. And he's like, this is about you. And I'm like, don't make it about me. So, yeah. So The pressure. I know. But I think being in front of people that it's it feels like it's like... There's an like exchange totally, of energy yeah, a total exchange. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like a lot of times when I'm teaching... Like I, I always preface it by saying, always ask me questions, not because I need you to ask me questions, but because that's how I learn too. So you ask me a question and maybe if I don't know the answer, I'm like, oh, like I never thought of that. Like, yeah. let me research it and I'll get back to you yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So to me, that's really important. That kind of back and forth yeah. part of yeah. the teaching part. So that's amazing. So your kids were young, you yes. decided and, and came across, you know, somebody teaching and thought, hey, I can yes. do that. Yes. Fast forward, yes. you've gone now from teacher to creating an amazing, successfully personal brand on social media to <laughs> yesterday having our quick call and she's going into judge a gelato contest. Uh, <laughs> like, I want your life. Oh. Well, you know, it, and it's funny. I know. I, it, you know, when we go back to the importance of food, yeah. it's interesting because I was raised in an Italian household yeah. as well. Yeah. Food Sunday lunches were yes. a big thing. Huge. Yeah. Um, we all had, you know, busy with sports and activities right. and two parents working and right, so right, right. it wasn't that we always had large family dinners, but right. our Sundays were our sacred dinners. Right, exactly. Um, but I just remember I remember enjoying food until I got to my teen years. And then it was like, oh, that bothered my stomach. Ooh, no, look at me. I'm getting fat. Yeah, no, oh, like, yeah. And then food, the, you know, the meaning of food went from this joyous yes. connecting thing to, oh my God, it's the evil. Don't that's, eat that. That's right. Eat, yeah. You yeah. need to eat more of that, less of that. Totally. And it, and it became almost um, a necessity rather yes. than if a I don't joy eat, I'll die. in yeah. love. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so do you find that? I mean, you, you must speak to a gazillion people throughout your day and come across people that are so interested and engaged in yes. your love of food. Do you find that they're, you know, th- that people share that experience of like, you know, how I wish I could just love food like that. I wish I could just enjoy it the way, you know, you yes. see people enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I think that comes with, with everything. Like I watch people knit. Like I hate yeah. knitting. I'm like, I'm, I don't know why, but I think it's like just too like focused. I have the attention span of a mat. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, Oh, but, but I watch people that are really good at their trade. And yeah. I'm like, that's like, so like, so the passion I think is depending on what you, what you do, what you, but I feel like, um, that, that whole, I, I mean, you and I've had this conversation yeah. where, um, and this kind of circles back to one of the questions you asked me before about the importance of why I, like how I got into mm-hmm. this. And oftentimes, I mean, I was, and I, I keep saying I should really not use the word fat, but I was excessively chubby as a child. And, um, you know, again, back in the day, our oh, parents... Oh, listen, say, like, yeah. back then, that was the word. So oh, there was yeah. no other word That's for right. It, it wasn't, was, yeah, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat been, it. Yeah, I've been five pounds overweight. A hundred percent. That was the word and that it was, was used. And it was never good. No. And, it was, and I remember no. going to my doctor, who was a, an old man, and every year I'd go to the doctor and he would say, you're healthy, but you're fat. And I remember hearing him say that, like it was okay. And now that just would not Oh, fly. and then my mother, of course, would, and God bless her, because, you know, they didn't have the tools to know how to deal with it differently, right? Yeah. So she would say, well, you can't do that because you're fat. And I'd be like, okay. And so I just I just assumed I couldn't do certain things because I was fat. And and so it's funny because when I was working at the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. I was, I was, in hindsight, now I know I was thin. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was at the time, no, but I was thin. Not. Yeah, isn't that saying? I wish oh, I yeah. was as as fat as what I thought I was. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I know. Um, so I remember they were there was a team and they were running for the Terry Fox run, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to run with us?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I can't run. I have this thing." And they're like, "What thing?" <laughs> what I'm like, thing? "I don't know." My mom said when I was little because I was overweight, and they're like, I, "We don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. So like, just come running with us. So I started running with them, and I'm like, "Oh, see, I'm starting to feel." it and they're like oh you're getting sweaty yeah (laughs) just run through it and I'm like oh really and I literally went to my mom I'm like why did you do that to me like why did you do that but I mean they didn't know right so I think that that whole so the reason I'm telling you this is because I feel like food good or bad has always held a place in my life Mm -hmm. and so I think 
I, I love food. I love the creativity of food. I love because I feel like I'm an empath feeding food gives me the ability to bring people in and give them a giant hug by putting food in their bellies. But at the same time, I feel like it's an excuse to hold that close, that piece of me that was always like that little kid that had that couldn't have the ice cream when everyone else yeah. was eating ice cream. I'm like, now I can have it, now and I'm gonna have it. it. And, you know, so it's weird. It's like yeah. all that stuff kind of coming together. Yeah, yeah. So. that's amazing. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So okay, that was a little detour. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, no, yes. it was my fault. That was my fault because we were getting we were getting towards looking at. Oh. And I will say, yeah. just to end that part of yes. the conversation, I will um, say that I, you know, it's not that I hold that that that. Uh, idea of food as it just being a necessity now I think we go through growth stages of our lives and you know as a kid it's just oh my god the ice cream the treats the joy right you know and then then it's like okay watch your waistline do this exactly and now it really I look at food as um something that connects people it's an opportunity to bring people together but it's I also look at it from the fact that it has I look at it as a healing property. Uh, like it's just, yes. we're, we're so much more in tune now with nutritional exactly. value. It's exactly. not about, I mean, I remember 13 years old, calorie counting. I had my little book oh, from, yeah. from Loblaws, yeah. if it was even called Loblaws back yeah. then. <laughs> and, yeah. and you'd find them for 69 cents yes. at the register. And that's what we would carry with us yeah. was this little calorie How counter. How sad is that? I know. <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. That's a whole other conversation. I know, I know, I know, we're going to have a whole a, other yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. episode on body image and why we are the way yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, but, um, where was I going with that? So we, I think um, you asked me about what people, if people, um, I was oh, the right, question so the healing, about the, the he- yeah. So getting into the healing, yes. the, the healing part of it. Um, I, now we're so much more in tune totally. with it, the nutritional value, yes. the health. It's not about the skinny fat. It's, right. are you healthy? Exactly. And are you enjoying life? Exactly. And I think we're just at a different place, which is awesome. Cause I would yeah. hate to see, you know, my kids go through what, oh. Well, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It, right, it does. For but sure. I think it's just a, our mindsets have changed and we're now the ones guiding exactly. our kids. So. Exactly. Exactly. That was a little tangent. Yeah. On, on no, that's food. okay. <laughs> um, but I figured I'd, I'd probably wrap yeah, that up because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I'm sure some listeners can be like, oh my gosh, she doesn't eat. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I'm just very mindful of what my body likes and yes. what my body doesn't exactly. like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now talking about you, getting yes. back to you and how you've taken this love and passion and mm-hmm. have the courage to follow that and build from it and now here you and I are having this conversation you have an amazingly successful personal brand on social media you are well known in the culinary world and community um you are writing a cookbook I that's am. even is it writing creating I don't yeah. even know what the right <laughs> word of that is um but tell me tell me about that experience because a lot of people listening are people who are either in a job and wanting to yes. reconnect with that passion or just people like you and I who are following what we love doing right, right. um and just like to kind of hear what was it like for your experience of that whole entrepreneurial journey right right um well it's funny because I feel like I think it was the very first podcast I did someone asked me they were like you know like so how did you get into this and I said you know it's funny my very first job job as an adult uh with children like once I was staying at home with my kids was I I baked for a golf course mm-hmm. the Thornhill Country Club and um I used to bake from home and I remember I had to go there to sign a contract because we were doing a, a lunch there for an event and the man said to me, uh, I gave him my business card, and he said, oh, he goes, you're a chef? And I said, yeah. And he goes, do you make butter tarts? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'd never made a butter tart in my life, ever. And he's like, do you think you could make me some? Because we'd like to sell them here. And I'm like, sure. And I went home, and I literally made butter tarts for four days straight. My dad was like, I keep bringing them to my dad, and he's like, can we bring, can we have something else? And I'm like, no, 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 no just keep eating these. Got to perfect Poor guy's diabetic now. Oh, I, <laughs> I hope it wasn't me. Um, but I always say, like, that's, sort of how I ended up where I am because people would say to me like do you do this and I'm like yeah I never did but but I'm like I I figured I could well you know I always say you know that movie I'm catch me if you can I'm like that's me like I really don't know what I'm doing I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants I'm like yeah yeah I can do that yeah and then I just like google it you know but you kind of went with the fake it till you make it totally a hundred percent and that's a completely okay thing to do as long as you believe in yourself because I think and that's the thing that I think I would say to people um it's a completely fine thing to do as a side gig. Mm-hmm. I think if somebody has a passion that they see people like us doing and they're like sad in their jobs, I think that's the thing. You know, obviously, if you need your day money to pay your bills, 
please don't quit your day job. Absolutely. Like, please don't yeah, do that because I'm, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Like it's hard to yeah. make money. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, and it's a long haul where when you go work for somebody, they just term. give you a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Um, but I believe that, um, the, the thing, and I don't, I don't know if, people that are a generation or even a half a generation younger than me, which I, maybe that might be you, but, but I don't know if it's different for them because I grew up in a world without social media. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I was in business, like I was working during a time when that didn't exist. The mm-hmm. internet wasn't around. My first secretary still typed contracts on a typewriter. Oh, like that's, that's how old my I yeah. <laughs> first job that was, it was carbon copy paper yeah. and typewriters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, and yeah. so, so to come full circle into this day where, and I often say this to my husband who's self-employed, but not in a world where the social media is right. means so much. And he'll say to me like, why is it matter? Like, why, like, why do you feel like anxious sometimes? And I said, so, I mean, he's in construction. So I said right. to him, like, I'll give you an analogy. If every single time you bid on a job, you would guaranteed know everybody else who bid on the job, their qualifications, what they bid on it, who got the job, mm. at what price. You never know that. But right. I said, but we know that. That's right. And that's kind of hurtful sometimes because a lot of times, especially being my age, I feel like I have so much knowledge just from the fact that I've been doing this for so long. And and God bless them. There's a ton of like 20 year olds that are like just flying in oh, there yeah. and they know so much. But I'm, I'd be lying if I didn't say sometimes, I mean, I'm always happy for them, but I sometimes sit back and it's me that I look at myself and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I figure this out? So that's the harder part, I the think. The comparison. Is like, that, yeah. And, and I'm getting better at not doing it, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say it's just such a natural thing to look out and go, oh, like really? Oh, I, How I, are they doing yeah, it? Like, yeah. Like, what, what am I doing? And it's never a bad thing on their part. No. I'm, I'm always honestly so happy for people, but I'm reflective on myself because then I think like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why can't I, why can't I figure this out? So that's the harder part yeah, for me that is. I would say to people, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. And at the same time, it's hard not to be hard on yourself. It's so. You know, when we get a chance to see what our teen kids go through in oh. terms of that, that, transparency so-called transparency on social media um and that point of comparison and how you're always you're never just kind of focused on what you're doing and if it feels right for you you're always kind of looking over your shoulder going well what are they doing and how are they doing it and Uh yeah 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 Yeah. that's it's tough but you've seen anyways that you've (laughs) figured that part out and i know you and i have had conversations of you know how the algorithms and they're always changing and but you seem to have really the one thing I will say is your engagement is phenomenal yeah I really put a lot of like because I treat social media and 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 this is what I would say to people I treat social media like um like it's almost an entity unto itself as in it's a person Mm -hmm. because I think if you take that element of social media away and instead of you leaving a comment on my Instagram post, you just actually said it to me, then in my mind, I think, would I not answer you if you were in person? Right. So why would I not answer you if, if you left me a, a comment? Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. And it's the same thing with the blame game. Like people are like, oh, like I'm, I used to get this many likes and now I yeah. only get this. It's the algorithm. I'm like, honestly, I'll tell you what it is. Instagram when it started was exciting and everybody was on it the minute they got up people are tired and it's flooded and there's so many people on it now that people are tired and they're just not using it as much that's the reason Mm -hmm. I mean obviously there are algorithms but I would I feel better knowing "Eh, something else is going to come you know like it's okay like just move forward don't ever take your eyes off the prize like this is what we're doing forget that stuff that's right and then just keep doing this come back to this and that's when I find that I get the most um, connection to, to my audience is when I say forget that I'm just going to start cooking and I'm going to show people what we're making for dinner and then I get like oh I never know well, I know you know so you do yeah. you make it what I love about how your approach and and I've seen the progression of you know where we all and <laughs> yes, that's, that's a natural yeah, thing right for sure. but um, I, what I love that you do is that you literally it's like we're in your kitchen with you and there's <laughs> no so. yeah. it's not pretentious it's not fake it's not staged it's, yes no it's if uh, I burn it, you'll know. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's, <laughs> it makes it so relatable, and I yeah. think you what you do is you lower the guard, and you yes, I hope so. You yeah. do, and you make it so welcoming, and there goes back to that, you know, what that purpose of food is. It's like yes. welcoming, connecting people, yeah. and yeah. you do that so naturally, and it shows. Oh, thanks. Um, but w- what I love is that you're you're so natural and open and honest with it, and so all your your Instagram stories and your posts have. <laughs> 
this sense of humor to them, which I swear. Not if you ask my children. I absolutely love your humor. <laughs> you know, I don't think I, if somebody would said, you know, you know, in 10 years, you're going to come across somebody that's going to mix humor with, with food and, and cooking. I'd be like, huh? what? But you do it so beautifully and naturally. And I think that's what oh. it is, is that you share a piece of who you are yeah. with people yeah. naturally. You can't fake that. No, I don't think so. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. But you're very quite funny. Oh, thank you. Very thank funny. You. Thank you. <laughs> so you've, you've now learned how to use social media yeah. as a tool for your business. Yeah. Um, what is what is the one thing you're most proud of right now? Because this journey has not been a short journey for you. No, no, no. And I mean, and I've met people, usually younger people, who will say like, oh, this is amazing. I just opened my Instagram account three minutes ago and I met a million <laughs> followers and somebody just I offered know. me $18,000 yeah. to do a blog post. And I'm like, what? <gasps> what? So, wait. And and I will uh, yeah, and that's the thing too that yes of course there are those people yeah. but for me I mean I started when it started in 2013 yeah. is when I think I started my blog and you know I, of course I'm older so my learning curve is different and and that's what I always say like it takes me a lot longer to pick things up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you know how I learned was here's a problem solve the problem put it away and wait for another problem well today like here's the problem it morphs into 17 <laughs> problems and then those problems morph so I think it's just getting your head around how it works yeah because you say I've mastered social media but I haven't really because tomorrow it's going to be something else and then it's going to be something else it is I mean yeah. even driving traffic once I do blog posts it used to be about like analytics which it still is but where the traffic comes from is totally different now it's all about Pinterest so it's about you know creating a rich mm-hmm. pin and and driving traffic using Tailwind and all these things and it's like so it's how just, many social media platforms do you do you have so, so I know you're on Instagram I, and Facebook and, and Twitter and Twitter I had and and I had a Tumblr account but Tumblr's really kind of gone so I haven't done that Twitter's mm-hmm. a little bit um it's just not really More used broadcast. for that yeah. yeah so I don't really post on it that much my blog posts automatically go to Twitter um I actually my blog posts are published on LinkedIn which okay. I really like because it's a completely different audience it is it's like a more corporate audience yeah. and so I, I just feel like I'm kind of like pushing more, more into credible there. more of a uh, credibility of from um, a corporate yeah from a corporate standpoint yeah yeah and I and and not that I've gotten business really from there um but it's but your you business know, yeah it's my business yeah, so it's on it's a business, business platform yeah. yeah um and then um Pinterest is huge right now uh, yeah, I can see, I can see how Pinterest would be huge for your industry. Yeah, and yeah. Pinterest is a search engine, so it's not really social media. People say like it's social media. It's not because if I'm doing, um, if I'm doing um, a job for someone where I'm doing food styling, then I go into Pinterest and I put in um, date squares, and I'll I'll say date squares food styling in the search bar of mm-hmm. Pinterest, and all the the pictures of, of it's just like going into Google but it just gives you a different element because oh. I follow all these food people right. and they might be different than it's like a little bit more tapered right right, right. so so, so the learning curve is just like it's just and it's because even the analytics is different and then you learn how to do it so it's it's hard it's a lot it's, to keep it, yeah. track of mm-hmm. Um, and so you keep track of all of this, of your business. You are, now tell me a bit about your, your cookbook. Oh. I know you, you, you authentically shared. And I think, yes. you know, this is probably, I probably don't even have to ask you the question, but if I had to say, yes. what is one thing, a piece of advice about using social media for your, for your business and, and personal brand, you'd probably say authenticity. Oh, 100%. Because you are so. 100%. Yeah. You kind of just, you kind of, you know. You don't out yourself. That's not the right okay. word. You're just so transparent about, oh, well, that didn't work yeah. out the way I oh, yeah. planned. Self-deprecation yeah. is my game. So my game. Yeah. And that's like, we love Brene, Brene Brown. And it was like, you yeah, know, that yeah. whole thing about vulnerability. I wear like that, like that, a badge of honor. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so good at that. But I feel like that's a little piece of why people connect to me. I think, I think you know, I think. It's and a even, huge piece. Mm, yeah. Like when I was 49, I went back to school and I got my chef's papers. Like I completed it. And again, I don't know that I really needed to do it, but again, it was you that wanted. it was just something like a cre- credibility piece mm-hmm. I thought might make me feel more credible. It didn't, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. But yeah. I went to school with people who were my kids' age, so it was funny because it was like at the beginning they were like, "Who are you? Why are you here?" And then they <laughs> well, were first like, of all, yeah. you look like you could be your kids. Oh age, yeah, okay. So no, I don't think just, so. Let's no. just start there. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I think uh, like with the with the cookbook, I feel like it was something that I'd always wanted to do. And it was sort of a bucket list thing. And before I even, like, I just remember going, getting my my culinary certificate thinking, how great would it be to have a book where all the recipes that I ever had, I could give to my kids. Like, it was just kind of like yeah, a like thing that. in my like head. Yeah, like that. Like a memoir, yeah. memoir yeah. thing. Yeah. And people do that, just, you know. 
And then as time went on and I got it sort of into the culinary world, it became even more impossible because back in the day before social media, unless you were a celebrity or you owned a really famous restaurant, no chance anybody was going to publish you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward to today, still nobody's going to publish me. (laughs) So this is a whole other story, but I... um, I don't, I'll call you out on that one, but yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to say this. So so the cookbook started a little bit different than what it is right now. Right. Um, and I, I'm not going to go long wind into this, but, um, about five or six years ago, I started something called Bake It Forward and, um, it was the Bake It Forward project was, um, we can talk about this another time. No, actually, I want you to talk. This is amazing because you're, you're actually bringing in cause marketing and that whole giving back whole, into your whole personal brand and what you do. starts, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I think how some things start um, is just happenstance, I think. You know, because I think how this whole Bake It Forward thing started was I was actually at a hockey tournament or soccer tournament. I think it was a soccer tournament with one of my kids and we were at a Boston pizza. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a, a waitress. And she wasn't my waitress, but she, I kept watching her and she had really great jeans on. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking wow, like her jeans are so great. And like men who are listening to your podcast don't know how hard it is to buy jeans. <laughs> so we're jeans, like, yeah. wow, like her jeans are so <gasps> So I'm thinking this in my head. I'm not saying anything. And then I'm, and I call her over, right? And to my kids' horror, because they hate when I do this. They're like, mom, she's not our waitress. And I'm like, I know. And she comes over, she's like, I'm sorry, miss, I'm not your waitress. I'm like, I know. I said, I know, but I just need to tell you that like your jeans look awesome. Like I just needed to tell you that. <laughs> and she legit almost started crying. And oh I'm like, god. oh my god, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, no, you have no idea. I've just been having the most horrible day. And I really just needed somebody to say something nice to me. And I was like, oh. So it kind of got the wheels moving in my head about right. how often you think something nice of somebody, but you actually don't, don't say, say it. it. And it's nobody's fault. It's no. just we get busy, right? Yeah. So fast forward, I was at a funeral of a friend of mine's dad. And a friend of this is a friend of mine who you probably know. Mm-hmm. We know them. They own a, a, a pizzeria in, mm-hmm. in Richmond Hill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've known them for years. And so his father died. And I was at the funeral. And I'm sitting in front of the coffin. And for people who don't know... That's yes. what we do, and yeah. the body's there, and I'm staring at this body, and I'm thinking, oh, and I'm actually looking at him, thinking, you know, I bet you he was a good guy because his son is a good guy, mm-hmm. and I bet you, like, you know, I'm trying to like paint a picture of what his life was right. like, and then I remembered that at some point his son was um, actually taking notes when we were at a tournament once, and he said that his dad was always illiterate and couldn't write, so he felt that he it was his job to take notes of all the stories his dad had told him so that he could have a like a you know a detailed accounting of his life to give to his kids so all of these things kind of started and then I started thinking about the woman in the the restaurant and I thought you know I should tell people that they're great when when I think that because like wouldn't that be awesome like wouldn't that be a great thing so I literally put it in my day timer on the first of every month and I just had a random list of people's names and so Vince was my first one and I always tell him this because I literally sat down on my computer and I wrote about how great I thought he was. He's a pillar of the community. And, you know, maybe your your lot in life isn't just to own this great pizzeria, but it's to write about your dad, then that your kids are going to write about you, and it's going to be a legacy that you're going to leave. And I literally went to a store and bought this cute little um, journal, and yeah. I put it in a bag with the letter, and I just dropped it off at his front door. And I didn't even ring the bell. And he called me and said it was the nicest thing anybody had ever done, and it was so nice. And I thought... And then he even said to me, I think, that he needed to hear that that yeah. day. And then I thought, you know, it's funny. I think I just need to keep doing this. So on the first of every month, I'd literally go like this through the list and just pick somebody. Yeah. And it was weird because it was like somebody was guiding my finger because every time I wrote that letter to whoever it was, it was like, you don't know how they much needed I needed that, that day. And um, a friend of mine took that to like a, a legal hearing when she was going through a terrible divorce, took her letter with her to the courtroom because she said she needed to have it with her. How powerful. And so I did that for 12 months. And then at the end of the year, I was like, I feel like I could do more with this. And I was like, you know, could I do this with food? So then I started Bake It Forward. Perfect. Because your language of love yes, is food, right? Of course, yeah. So I would literally find people once a week on Fridays and I would... Um, I like, was a recipient of one of those. It, she was. I was. Yes. was yummy, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was, and it worked out amazingly well. And at the beginning, it's funny because again, this is where we can't take ourselves too seriously or put so much effort, like so much emphasis, emphasis on on why people are the way they are. Um, because the other thing about social media is p- people um, feel. I don't know what the right word is. 
So for the most part, Mm -hmm. I've gotten really great feedback about Bake It Forward. I have a woman in Ottawa who's doing the same thing in Ottawa. She's sort of following my lead. So you're kind of starting a movement. Which is really what I wanted. But I didn't want it to be about me. So someone said, what if one of these, one of your disciples ended up on Ellen talking about the Bake It Forward movement, would it bother you? And I said, not at all. I it does, And again, yeah. I don't want it to be about me. Like, if it's something that's happening out there, then awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's, like, totally amazing. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I've gotten some pushback, too. Mm. Like, I've gotten some people saying to me, well, I don't think it's very, like, Christian or, or like, nice of you. Like, if, if you were a really good person, you just wouldn't post about it. Why you... Just do <sighs> it. And so... Oh. And, I, and I would say to these people, you know... I've I've done philanthropic work my whole life yeah. and I and people don't even know it That's like right. you know I've raised money for children's charities nobody knows about. Yeah. So if that was who I am I would have told you about all of those things. But this is something that I'm posting because I want people to know that there's a ripple effect yes. that this can happen and it's actually it's good. It's so horrible that it we is. have this you know amazing tool and I get it. I get it. You yeah. know, you're you're exposing yourself. My husband says this all the time. If you're going to post something just prepare for some negativity oh, yeah, and I'm like sure. okay shh. Yeah. Fine. yeah. <laughs> Take that nonsense somewhere else. Yeah. But it, you do. We, yeah. we know that. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any le- uh, less hard. Or, no. You know, it doesn't exactly. make it easier no. knowing that, you know, when you do get that pushback or the For negativity sure. that comes out. But I you. think as long as you can kind of sort of retreat back into why you're doing it and say, you know what, I kind of feel like those people, um, there's something missing in their, like, path. That there's something that yeah. they're not getting, and that's their way of of saying like, wait, like what that, about me? What about me? And yeah. and I almost I feel better when I think about those people in a way that I say, would would could I change them if I wrapped my arms around that person right. and said, do you, that really hurt my feelings? Do you really mean it? I think ninety nine percent of them would said, no, no, I totally didn't mean it to hurt your right. feelings. I think it's so. I don't know. That's just the, reacting. Yeah, the wall. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't say what they say if it wasn't if they had that if they didn't have that wall <gasps> Isn't between it crazy? them. Oh yeah, I know. for sure. It makes it sure. so. It, it it almost um it makes it too easy. A hundred percent. You just yeah. don't think yeah. anymore. People break up with people on it. Like, that's it's crazy. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Forget all that I know, stuff. Yeah. We are doing awesome yeah. things. Yeah. You are so, doing yes. awesome things. Yes. And so I hopefully love- it's done. Oh, so anyway, so the cookbook started off as a Bake It Forward book. Yep. And going back to the thing about humor, people said to me, I can't wait for your book. It's going to be so funny. And I'm like, no, it's not oh. going to be funny, actually. I don't know. <laughs> so it, it did kind of stop me in my tracks. And the book's been done for a year. And I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't know how I was going to marry those two things. Right. So long story short, it's going to be a book called Just Crumbs Baked because it's all baked goods. Yeah. And then every chapter is um, like just cupcakes, just savory foods. And then the last chapter is called Just Love. And it's about my Bake It Forward project. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I cannot yeah. <laughs> wait to get it. I can't wait for the listeners to get it. I hope so. I hope you guys like it. I think we will. Yeah. I think, listen, the, the response that you're getting, like I said, and the things that you're up to and the movement that you've created with Bake It Forward, I'm so happy you brought that up yeah. because um, that is a, an important part of mm-hmm. your business and yeah. who you are and what you stand for and what your purpose right. is. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe before we end you know, our conversation, you can um, give us some tips because not everybody loves cooking and not yes. everybody is good <laughs> at cooking. It's funny. I can, I can cook. Um, when I have the time and right. I'm not, you know, pressured, I enjoy it. But of most of the time I don't because right. it's like, I'm trying to feed four different people's tastes and sensitivities exactly. and, and it's becoming harder and harder and I'm running out of creative ideas. So that to sure. me feels like a chore. Exactly. I know yeah. you say if you can, you know, turn on the stove, you can, you can cook and, and bake. Yeah. I actually find baking so challenging and I most don't people do. know why yeah. it's, it's well because there's not a lot of play in it right like I mean with cooking I can get you, creative you can other than burning it there's yeah. really not much you can't <laughs> fix right you can fix most with baking things. it's so precise yeah. and I mean yeah. I make mistakes baking I mean even when I was testing the book I made mistakes all the time but I think the thing that I would say to people is um for sure when you have small kids it's tough because it's funny I saw this funny meme and it was of a, an, an ultrasound picture yeah. of like a baby and it said last time my kid didn't complain about what I made him <laughs> for dinner it's like it's so it's true so true because because you know you want to say this isn't a restaurant and and that is how I dealt with my kids I'd say like you know what this is what we're having yeah sorry that you don't like eggplant parmigiana <laughs> but you're going to be really hungry for breakfast tomorrow yeah. sorry that's it and and you're yeah. not even allowed to make anything you're going to eat this yeah. like, this is what you're going to eat yeah. like total hard hard hardcore but um I think the thing is um the the 
I think it's Jamie Oliver that wrote a, one of his books that was, it was brilliantly written because it, it was written the way people who like to cook, cook. Mm. So it was, I think it was like a 15 minute meals or one of his things. And it literally gave you six things you're going to make in an hour or 30 minutes. But it actually said like, okay, so now you're going to cut the lettuce. And while this is boiling, you're going to do this. And while you have this, like, so, so teaches you the, 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 the time, the, the, the logistics mm-hmm. between all of those things. And, and the thing that I, I know your dad makes bread. Amazing bread. I still think about the great bread he gave me. But um, bread is a perfect example. Like people say, well, I don't make bread. It it takes way too long. And I said, it actually doesn't. No. Because, so I make um, no need bread. And this is how it works. I have a coffee percolator that I get ready before I go to bed. And while I'm getting it ready, I mix all the ingredients together. So the water, the flour, the yeast, da da da. I put a cover on it. I leave it on the counter. I go to bed. It's proofing overnight. So Mm -hmm. that's like whatever, 12 hours, eight hours, whatever. And the only thing that makes bread rise other than kneading is time. Yes. So now it's risen once. So you're getting ready to go to work. You plug the coffee percolator in. You pour your coffee. You dump it. You put it into two loaf pans. You put it in the oven. You cover it. Go back to work. Mm-hmm. So now it's rising the second time. And then when you come home to make dinner, you turn the oven on and you're baking bread. So it's just fit into your day. It's the logistics So, so of it's it. really like, what, 10 minutes? Like yeah. it's really not that hard. But it's because in your head it's like... 18 hours. Oh my God. I can't the mindfulness yeah. part of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, that if you can double up on duties when you're in the kitchen, um, and again, I think it comes down to just habit. Like if you can get into the habit of like, you know, on Sundays, I generally clean out my fridge. So right. Sunday nights, I take everything out of the fridge. I wipe down the things a little bit, not yeah. majorly. Yeah. But I like, if I've got two bunches of like, if I've got a bunch of radicchio or sorry, a bunch of kale and a bunch of Swiss chard, then I cut those all up and I put them in freezer bags and I put them in the freezer. So like the other day I made soup and I literally took six bags of vegetables out of the freezer. I put chicken stock and dumped them all in and it made the best soup ever. Literally in five minutes. So it's the prepping. It's, it's the, the prepping. prepping. Yeah. And I feel like, and a lot of people are like, yeah, but I don't have time to prep. And I'm like, I'm not saying like meal prep the way people spend like eight hours on a right. Sunday making. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I would never do that. And I, I actually, I'm quite against that because I feel like that doesn't help your creativity. Mm. Like I want you to know that when you've made meatloaf on Monday and then Tuesday you're scrambling because you got to get it soccer and you're like, oh my God, I have like two pieces of meatloaf. I don't know what to do with it. Well, you know what? Like smash it all up, throw it in a pot, add some tomato sauce and you have like meat sauce. Like, yeah. like it's, so it's something that like, so I don't want you to say, but no, Tuesday we have hot dogs or whatever. Right. Like yeah, it, yeah, Because yeah. now it's like, well, too no. Rigid, too rigid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just be loosey goosey about a, it. That's and, you great know. advice because I, I think the biggest struggle that we run into is that we need things to be more fluid with. Right with um last minute changes in our schedule exactly and because we don't it's nice to say these are our meal plans and this is what we're gonna do but we all know it takes one little thing to throw the whole schedule off and now you're not coming home at five o'clock for dinner and And how many times does that happen to you right you're waiting on a soccer field or your kid's not getting out of school at the right time and and then you're you're messed right and and it really doesn't help with food waste no when you do that because then you have all these bits and bobs of things and you don't know what to do with them so so then it's really about understanding what you can do with what you have right so getting you know if you right. if you spend some time on Susie's website <laughs> um you know looking at different recipes and, and getting that sense and feel for oh hey I can do that if I have this left over and right. I can and so if as long as you have that library right, right to go to right. right um that would make it easier but right. I like I like what you said right. about that you know spending eight hours meal prepping yeah. I see so many people do it Honestly, I've it's so I've much tried. No, I just it's not, and it's and I think what I would also say is pick one thing. So, like, let's say I did this bacon wrapped chicken that like basically went viral. Like everyone I did was ta- see you post that. Yeah. That it looked beautiful, and it's first literally of all. nothing. Like it's <laughs> like a jar of like muffalata mix that you stick in and you wrap it with bacon. But I can't tell you how many people have done it. But I'm saying like that or meatloaf or something. Like pick yeah. one thing and say, you know what? Next week I'm gonna make that on Wednesday. Right. Maybe Wednesday night you're finished the whole thing, but maybe not. Maybe Thursday you have a baguette and you've got all this leftover bacon wrapped chicken. Well, you know what? Like slice it and then make really big sandwiches and a big bowl bowl of soup and you're good. That's a whole nother meal. But it's something that made you think about what's in my fridge and what can I do with it? So try just one meal a week and see what comes up. You know, maybe it's on the weekend or something. That is great advice for busy Mm. people because we are all busy and we're all trying to figure it all out. Yes. Juggle family and work and all the other responsibilities. I love it. So before we go, then any last minute advice or tips? for people who maybe don't like cooking cooking 
Um, I mean, I know we yes. can't force people to love. No, you can't. Things. And I say that to people all the yeah. time because I think because cooking is such a necessity, especially women with young children who who see that I love to do it. They're like, oh, I wish I loved to cook like you. <laughs> I used to say that I, about people that would get on the floor and do arts and crafts and play games I, with the kids. I wish I was one of those moms that loved Love to do it, yeah. yeah. I just didn't. I just didn't. It's just something you don't... Come cut it with me. Yeah. You want to write. You want to paint. Exactly. You want to do stuff. I'm, I'm all about that. Exactly. But don't get me on the floor. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and, games. And, and you're being honest with yourself. Like, yeah. it's like when people say, like, do you run? And I'm it's like, tiring. I don't even want to run. I want to love to run. Yeah. Like, it's not that I want to run. I yeah. want to love to run. So people are like, it's not that I want to cook. I want to love, love to, to cook. cook. Well, sometimes you don't love it. Like, sometimes yeah. people, it's just not their thing. And that's okay. It's just, it's important for us to to pass that on. Especially, I feel like nowadays it's important for us to pass on to our children and the next generation because of the availability of Uber Eats and mm-hmm. things, which is crazy. I mean, it's good that we have the ability now that people are getting these packages, sure. which are lovely, that yeah. you can, it's got a recipe and that's great because it's forcing people to cook, but it's also not forcing people to be creative. creative. So, so those things I want people to say, like, you know, when your kids are little and if, you know, I'm not saying this, like you're coming home and it's seven o'clock and you need to make dinner because right. you got to get out the door. I'm not saying do it then, but like on a Sunday when you're like maybe making breakfast with the kids and you're making pancakes, then, you know, give your kid an apple with with like a really dull knife and yeah. say like you know what cut this and think about what you could do with that yeah and like make it might just be peanut butter and apples and maybe yeah. you give them a little bit of guidance but it's just it's such a a useful tool that everybody needs to know how to do to move forward yeah, and absolutely. I feel like if you're uncomfortable just remember that's the first step in being good in the kitchen is to release that that the freedom of of worry because yeah. nothing is going to go wrong like honestly like you you burn it you burn it big deal like honestly like I, I just wish things, we didn't have you know. gas stoves anymore oh I know <laughs> that's my biggest worry I keep saying to the kids guys if we had an electric stove it would be different on, yeah I would have let you cook yeah, yeah. I would have let you guys because you, you know there's no open flame there you're not I know you're you literally you, not you gonna picture their sleeve in it oh or something I know for sure I know, I know. For sure but I always say I said I'm gonna be a billionaire because I'm gonna invent a fire um smoke detector that like when you burn something and it's going off and you can't start it you just have to yell it and go I'm just cooking and then it shuts off yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's perfect well I'm I'm actually you know what I what I have been noticing though um and I know we'll wrap up but yeah. I'm seeing more and more men yes knowing how to cook which is so great I know and I have so some great. women in my circle that are not the, the chefs yeah. in the family and their husbands are and I'm like damn how did you I do know. that I know I want to redo on that I although I am lucky because yeah. my husband did grow up with parents who were in the restaurant business yes of course yes that's um, right but his thing is breakfast like, yes that's, that's his which thing which is great yes yeah. but I have uh, my son who loves cooking amazing he loves cooking and he loves getting creative yeah and he's the cutest to watch so yeah (laughs) well listen Susie thank you so much for for being here and for sharing you know your your journey in entrepreneurship your that courage of following the passion of what you love and what that actually looked like the bake it forward project which I'm so happy you brought up (laughs) yeah and we can't wait to uh, to get our hands on that cookbook. Great. And cool. for anybody who is listening, I will add all of Susie's social media links um, oh, to where you can connect with her Thank and you. follow her. And if you're not following her, highly recommend. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't matter what time of the day you see a post and you will laugh at something. She just has this amazing humor. So thanks. Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.